my brother. It's good. Hold on, let me put my headphones on. Yes, sir. Can you hear me and everything? Yes, sir. Cool. How you been, bro? Um, all right. I mean, you know, it's weird. I feel like you can't say good right now because it's like all the shit that's going on. But I feel like with all that's going on, given the circumstances, I'm doing pretty good. That's good. I mean, that's what I've been trying to do. Like, staying in high spirits. These times are, like, ridiculous. But, I mean, hey, we got to keep it moving. I mean, we're still alive for a reason. Yep, for sure. Um, We got to make changes. I mean, who else is going to do it? Yeah. Exactly. Snap. So I listened to your record. Like, okay, first of all, you can introduce yourself. Uh, oh, welcome back to Free Game, guys. This is JY the Spy here, and I'm here with a special guest who can introduce himself now. Cool. What's good, everybody? Um, thank you for having me on. Um, I'm Civil. I'm from Brooklyn, uh, New York. Uh, rapper, producer, um, and I guess I. I don't like the word. I don't like to say activist because I feel like people are doing way more than me. But you know, I have like organizing experience. So I want to. You're, like, you're definitely an activist. I would definitely give you that title. I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna claim it for myself. But sure, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're doing way more than seventy five percent of the population. I'll mm. say that. I mean, fair. You know, I'm just trying to do do what I can and all of that. Okay, so like I was saying, I, I listened to your record last night. Are you ready for my criticism? Yeah, sure. I'm I'm here for it. I loved it. I really did. It okay. was like okay, so I'm from the south. I like like ratchet shit. I don't really like. Okay, I do like listening to like lyrics and stuff like that, but if it's like a trap beat, like uh, a whole bunch of bass, like that's that's the shit I can get into, like Mm -hmm. something I can like dance to, and like I love that type of shit. But like your shit, like the beats and stuff was fire, but your lyrics and stuff was really what got me. So before I get into that, I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions. I told you to be ready. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so, I'm... what's your favorite track on the song? Well, your favorite track on the record? Oh, that's man, that's tough. Um, yeah, that's tough because I I like different. Like, I think certain records stand out to me for different reasons. Um, I guess if I have to pick one, I'm gonna say "Strong for Her." Um, just because whenever I play that for myself, like I'll be hitting a two-step in the crib, just like I have the whole vision, the video, the music video planned out in my head, like scene for scene. Like I, I see everything for that and I have a good time just like listening to that record. But, um, yeah, I feel like it might be strong for her. Yeah. 
You gonna think I'm bullshitting, but I literally wrote that down as one of my favorite songs. Mm. Strong for her and good dude part one and two. Yeah, I mean it's I think the thing with that song, um again, like you said, like a lot of I mean, a lot of people in general, I mean, with the direction that hip hop is going in right now, it's like, you know, the trap wave and the way beats are functioning, mm-hmm. that carries a lot of the music right now. But I kind of try to make a conscious effort to to really like go not so much bare bones but really just honing on the content itself um right. and and the bet you know so the thing i like about strong for her i felt like it was reminiscent of like that 90s sound which is what i grew up on yeah. and it has like you could throw that beat on with other like 90s records with barbecue records and stuff like that not that Yo, I feel like that's what it was like because I literally like had your record playing like while I was doing other stuff around the house and when that one came on I was like hold on let me start this over let me like really listen to what he's talking about and I really like got into it and I like had to replay it like three times and I'm like yo this is my shit mm. well thank you yeah I mean I, I wanted it, it it was tough with the track selection process because the first you know early on in the project is really aggressive uh, really like angry almost Yeah. as you get towards the end of the project, the last, you know, uh, I think six of the last five, uh, six of the last seven songs are, are all, are more lighthearted or more, at least more optimistic. And I wanted it to feel that way as you listen to the project, like you start out like this, it's all this anger, this energy and everything. And then it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's hard to do with music because and something like that, you got to hope that people are going to stick around for the ride, you know? So, right. Um, yeah, because I definitely, it's like a lot of the, the optimistic stuff is towards the end. Well, I think like um, it, it was definitely like a story to me. And I mm-hmm. definitely love that because when I listen to records, I like to listen to it all the way through the first time mm-hmm. just to see like where your head was at, like when you're putting together. And like the journey that is going to take me on, like, okay, let me see if it's going to tell a story, if it's all going to roll together, if I can see like what he was thinking, like when he was putting this together. So like this to it, I was like, okay, I can see like everything, like you, you put Brianna Taylor in there. You, you were really talking about the things you were going through. Like, even like, I feel like it was kind of like you, you were going through a heartbreak. I don't know. Or you broke someone's heart. I don't know. Cause I kind of got that feeling. Am I wrong about that? Um, so n- not exactly wrong. I think so. The process of this album was like over. I would say maybe two years at this point. With a lot of which is also I wasn't even planning to drop it till the fall, like around election mm-hmm. season. Um, and I. So there's a lot of tracks there that you know that have been around for a while. Like I've had a couple of those tracks since like 2018. And so, yeah, wow. uh, one of the good dudes specifically was written a, a good time ago. And yeah, so that's definitely true. A, a lot of it is a true story. Um, and it's basically, I put that in the project still. Cause again, that was like a year and a half, two years ago, whatever at this point now, but mm-hmm put it on a project because I, I wanted to be able to put myself in the shoes. Like I think one issue of so-called conscious artists is that we stand on a soapbox and be like, you can't do this. Stop doing this. You can't talk this way or you shouldn't. And 
versus like that message doesn't transfer as well as saying I've been in this position. I can hold right. it myself and hold myself accountable as well. And maybe if I hold myself accountable in my music, then that resonates with you. And then when I want to make other statements like tracks like To Catch a Predator, I could call you out because I'm calling myself out on certain things. Right. So that was pointed out to to say to really examine the idea of like even somebody who's an ally, who's seen as a feminist, who's seen as all this other stuff, still us straight men who, you know, we still have, like, even if you're the best of like the best in terms of awareness, there's still going to be places that you lack in that you can improve right. in, you could be better in. And, and even like the line says in the song, um, you know, how can I help the world if I can't help at home and I can't treat, do, do what the things I need to be doing at home. And if, I'm not treating the women in my life as good as I'm supposed to be saying like, Oh, we should all be treating all these women. Great. We should be doing this. And then you don't treat the women in your life. Good. Then it's mm-hmm. just like, yo, what, what are you doing? And so I wanted to highlight that and take the idea of like good dude and good men. And the idea of like, Oh, the good guys and the good guys and say, nah, like don't rest on your laurels. Be better. Listen, cause that's why I like really was drawn to that song because a lot of dudes can't do that. They they can't. They don't have enough self awareness to be like, okay, yes, I know I am a good person, but I do have shortcomings in some areas. Like, mm-hmm. I will mess up. I will like treat women a certain way, but I'll be, look at my children and be like, okay, you don't do women like that. So I think that was great for you to put that in a song and put it out there and be like, yes, I've been in this position before to where I treated a woman a certain way, and now that's why I know to teach other people not to do that so I definitely will applaud you on that and that's why that was my other favorite song oh thank you yeah it's it's interesting you know and it it took a while to get that out like again these songs and these projects have been uh, this song these songs on this project have been sitting around for a long time but it just it took a lot of reflection a lot of introspection a lot of uh allowing myself to be open enough to to say some of the things I wanted to say um also therapy helped but yeah like so it was definitely a process and i wasn't originally i couldn't have made that song in 2016 2017 you know mm-hmm. so you have been in therapy yeah i i started going last february and been going since that's that's good that's good keep yeah. keep going cuz yeah. i definitely went a long time ago and it it got a little real for me, so I was like, you know what? Let me let me step back. It, it, was, a, it was a lot for me, but mm. we'll get into that later. Mm. So I had another question for you. Where mm. where does your name come from, Civil? Where does the name Civil come from? Um, so one of the things as a rapper, I'm sure a lot a lot of other rappers could probably test to this, is that we go through names and then trying to find the right name that sticks. If you're not like lucky enough to have be like Kanye West and that sounds good already. Like, mm-hmm. you know, or, or whoever, like, um, so I had a plethora of names. I've had some bad ones. Like my, I, my little, my older cousin, when I was younger, I used to like want to be around him all the time. And he, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of corny cause he used to call himself like J dog. So I was like, Oh, I'll be Chris cat. And I, that's <laughs> first rap name when I was nine and it was trash. And then I be, I did Casanova before this Casanova blew up. 
mm-hmm. I'd stop that because I was like, this is, I was like, ah, it's not going to work for me. And I changed mm-hmm. that. By the time I got to high school, I wasn't Casanova anymore. And then I was young Chris, but then there was a young Chris with uh, Rockefeller. So couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, like five other names later, uh, I was talking to my mentor, Twig, who's like my man's from around the way, who helped me out a lot. And, you know, I was just trying to figure out like the name and we we just chopping up. And I thought about like civil, just us and the idea of being like justice for us um, and civil being for the people. And, mm-hmm. and eventually I was like, you know, I'm going to knock down the just us part and just be civil like common. Common was common sense. Apparently, yeah. and just dropped it down a comment. So, um, yeah, it was the idea of just being for the people, like, and and keeping that as like a name is a reminder in my music and and what I do to 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 always keep the people, my community in mind with what I'm trying to do as an artist. That's crazy because, like, when I was like listening, to, well, I've been listening to you since like 2017. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like. Um, looked at you as like a common mixed with like a most deaf, like that type of conscious rapper. So that's like crazy that you said that. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely, I, you know, like uh, B is probably my favorite common album. And I think that mm-hmm. is when I, the, the soulful elements of that, the, the flow, the, the diversity in the tracks, like that's something that I really admire about, about that project. And it, I would, say it was like an unconscious it's been an unconscious inspiration for me um because there's mm. more deliberate inspirations that i know like okay i you know i'm very inspired by by pun wu-tang etc but for something like you know my sound and what i'm trying to accomplish i think b was like is is is, is close to that like it's is where i want to be so Okay, so I had another question for you. Now, this is kind of corny because it does come from a movie. But um, when did you first fall in love with hip hop? Oh, is, is this brown sugar? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I wanted to ask you that. You said you've been rapping since like a long time ago, right? You went to like five different names. So I don't know when did you fall in love with hip hop? When you knew like you had to put your message out through your music. So I really it became because i looked up to my brother like my brothers and my hero growing up and he did music when he was um younger and he had this room uh, like we had this apartment and um and he lit he was in the other like the corner room there was like a two-bedroom me and my sister were in a room room my mother was in the other and then my my, my brother was in the corner back room and then he it was like a purple he painted the room purple he had his keyboard and all his equipment there and he's like doing his thing and i thought that was like the coolest shit ever i was like yo look at this guy he's so mm-hmm. cool and then we moved and he built a studio in the basement um and my my grandmother's part like we moved to a house my grandmother owned and he built a studio in the basement and it was like amazing it was like i was like yo this is like it was brilliant in there and I always wanted to be down there with him so I got it I started liking loving hip-hop because I wanted to be around my brother the thing is my brother's like 13 years older than me so it was a large age gap and of course there are like more adult things going on down in the studio so it's probably not the best place for me to be at nine years old um so I thought you know if I rap I'll be able to be closer to him I'll be around him more because I 
Right. He'll, he'll let yeah. you down there. He'll let exactly. You down there. Yeah. He produced, he sang, he engineered, he, he dropped a couple bars, I think at one time, but so I wanted to always be around him. And then I think so that was like the beginning of it. But, um, I would say when I really like fell in, like fell in love with hip hop was my, my friend Jerris, shout out to Jerris brought, um, Hard Knock Life, Jay-Z's Hard Knock Life album to my crib. Yo, shut up. Yeah, that was this that was like the moment for me because he played it and he played uh can I he's like can I get a and I remember getting in trouble playing that album because I was nine. Yeah. yeah, that was like the album that I was like, yo, Jay-Z is nice. And then I started listening to that album all the time, every day. And then I started listening to all the other albums my brothers put me on to. So like Wu Tag and everything. <laughs> That's crazy. My, my stepdad had bought that album mm. too, and like, and then my brother, my older brother, he had bought DMX's oh. album at the time. I, I can't it's probably darkest. It's it dark and hell is hot. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, damn, hold on. I, I think I like rap. Yeah, that was a good time because ninety eight, ninety eight. You had two DMX albums. You had Big Pun dropped. You had Outkast. I think dropped a uh, a Quemini, yeah. I think, um, and. Yeah, Jay dropped uh, Jay dropped the uh, Hard Knock Life and Gangstar dropped one of my favorite albums, Moment of Clarity, I think it's called. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good year. I feel like '98 was a good year to get into hip hop. God damn the '90s! Mm-hmm. I wish we could have them back. Yeah, <sighs> for sure. So okay, we're gonna switch it up a little bit. So we're gonna go back to this heartbreak that you didn't want to talk hmm. about do you feel like you have healed from your last heartbreak yeah i mean it definitely took a while um i think what it was it was it was layered because it was the idea of not only like you spend so long with someone you kind of figure like i right, this is who i'm gonna be with and mm-hmm. you you kind of have that like i thought that all right this is like the person i'm gonna marry have kids with and all that type of stuff that was very but then the other layer of it was that i was going through simultaneously i was going through a like the, the hardest time in my life hardest in my life mm-hmm. and she had been going through a lot of things as well in her life and it was just a like the worst possible timing for everything so literally at my worst possible point in my life i go through this breakup and you know, so it was like I felt like I had like anger I had to get get rid of because I felt like I was like abandoned in a sense. Like because when everything was good, it means, wow. I'm not saying this is real or this is you know her thinking, but in my mind I was like, yo, when everything was good, things were cool, it was fine. But then when I'm at my bottom, is like when you choose to dip on me, and that was like really rough to to swallow and to kind of have to get myself out of of that place because. I had already been depressed and I was already going through it when we were together. And then right. she left as I was going to like, you know, like I literally hit bottom and I was like, okay, while we were together, I was like, yeah, I'm going to start going to therapy. Cause I'm like, it's, you know, things are bad. And then that's when she dipped. And it's just like, like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it was tough because I thought I'm like, okay, I'm doing the things to, to better myself, to be better man for myself, for, for her, for, for my, the ones who are close around me and everything. Um, and yeah, it took a while to get over that. And a lot of 
self-reflection, a lot of bad choices over the past year and change. Well, not last year was a lot of bad choices. Now I'm chilling. Things are, you know. Yeah, well, I I definitely think um, when you're going through things in your personal life and you're in a relationship, you definitely try to go towards the person that you're closest to, mainly the person you're with, and try to be like, okay, can you help me through this? But you definitely have to not really heal yourself, but you definitely, um, you have to find a happiness, happiness. Yeah, within. for sure. Like no, no, no one else is responsible for your happiness, but yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I learned. So I, I'm glad you got into therapy during that time. Cause I definitely went through a breakup and like had a whole bunch of shit going on with my career my family. And it was just like, everything was crumbling down mm-hmm. and I was looking to the person I was with to like fix all of that, but you can't do that. You definitely have to, go within to find that you have that light anyway. You you can definitely build yourself back up and find the happiness within yourself mm-hmm. versus looking to someone else to do that. So I'm glad you did that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's, that's definitely is le- for sure a lesson. Um, I think on the flip side, what you're saying is kind of what she was trying to have with me, like going through what she was going through and then leaning on me <laughs> to be that person that kind of like you know, but I wasn't even good myself, so it was like it just wasn't right because like, yeah. it goes it goes both ways. Like both people are gonna be like, oh, well, let me go to my partners; yeah. they, they'll help me because that's the person I'm gonna go to. Who else am I gonna yeah. go to? But you have to, you, you can't like feel. Oh shit! What is that saying? You can't fill a cup when it's half full or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, whatever. It's just it's the same. I don't like know, that. but I'm a tr- I'm a but, trust like, it, whatever your the phrase is for me. <laughs> You have you have to be whole before you try to fill someone else's ah, cup. Got it. That makes someone sense. else's cup. Yeah. So okay, I have another question for you. This is like off the rip. What's the last book you've read? <sighs> um damn. Oh, All About Love, the uh, Bell Hooks. Okay. Yeah. What made you want to read that? Um, one of my uh close friends of mine um actually yeah oh man i don't want to keep talking about shorty but um (laughs) yeah we we would talk i was talking to a close friend of mine and i called him basically to kind of vent about the situation and to be like because it got very manipulative and toxic towards the end of our that was the other part of it we were like on and off it was like she was kind of Mm -hmm. holding me around while she figured out what she wanted and that, so that yeah. wasn't so the last off part of that was like a big blowout and basically i called him to vent about it and we talked and he was like well there's this book you know about love about bell hooks and it just teaches you about you know it's about just the ideas of love and what love means and how you should really love somebody and what and, and everything and i that book was like really eye-opening and the idea about like moving with honesty and being honest with yourself being honest with your partners with people in your life and um, mm. just a lot of takeaways from it and um yeah so that was that's like the most recent but i'm gonna read uh angela davis's race class and gender um book this week okay good read it's a good read yeah, yeah. All right. Awesome. Okay, so I want you to like tell the people about your new project and what they can expect from it and all that. 
I know we kind of just like jumped into everything. Oh no, I mean, I mean it's, cool. it's it's cool, chilling. Um, but yeah, uh, so the idea of um new vanguards came about pretty much. Um, I'm big on for anybody who knows like about me, like I'm big on history, um, uh, specifically like socio political stuff involving the African diaspora. I went to school for African-American studies and Puerto Rican Latino studies, um, Brooklyn College. And that's always been, I wouldn't have made it through school if I didn't have that. I would have failed because it was like the first time mm-hmm. I learned about my culture, my people. I was like learning things that I, ne- and I was interested in school. I never cared about school until I got to college. So, and then from, I went from like a, a, 80 average, you know, B minus kind of student in high school to like a 4.0 in my majors because I, I, I didn't finish with a 4.0 because I had to take those core classes and electives. But anyway, yeah. but point being like, so I did a lot of reading on the Black Panther Party, the Young Lords, uh, you know, all these civil rights groups, SNCC and everything. And, and then I also got involved in organizing around like 2011 because we had stop and frisk in New York, which was like violating all our damn rights and shit. And then, you know, the stuff with Troy Davis happened and, and then it was just like, it was just, that was like the activism bubble that popped and everybody started hitting the streets. So that all, I say, I go around explaining that because that informed like this new Vanguard idea because I read about the Panthers and I look at not just, the great things that they accomplished, but examining the movements from that era uh, critically and saying, how could we have been better? Or how could could we not Mm -hmm. say better, but how can we take the good and the things that we've learned from them and then add different things to it and move forward? And that's the, to me, the concept of a new Vanguard because the Vanguard is ahead of the curve. The Black Panthers used to talk about being the vanguards of the movement because they knew what needed to be done and they saw the future. They saw like, okay, this is the, what the movement should be. So they were ahead of the curve and they were vanguards. So mm-hmm. that's why I was like, I want to do a project that implores the next generation of vanguards. Who's going to be the new vanguards that step up and, and step into these roles and, and push the movement even further. Um, that's why the cover is a silhouette portrait of Huey P. Newton, because it's to say, that's like, I'm not gonna yep. put a picture of me sitting there in that chair because that's like some arrogant shit that's not really you know. But it's not even mm-hmm. me being the new, it's saying who is gonna be the new vanguards, who's gonna step up, who are gonna be the ones that we can, you know, trust with these movements moving forward. And uh, so yeah, that's the project. And then basically, the songs are are designed to to invoke that spirit, um, channel the anger that a lot of us feel right now. Um, and that energy that we have, but also implore people to, to fight on and to know that, you know, there's a sense of community out there. Um, and then to, to see how I could be a vanguard in my own way. Like, um, for instance, again, with songs like Good Dude and, and, and challenges speaking out, holding the mirror. Remember. And remember, you know, and also to catch a predator because you're not going to hear rappers mm-hmm. talk about, uh, sexual assault you're not going to hear them at all harassment or or those type of things so it's 
stuff like that is where I say, okay, this is where I could fit in the movement is if I use my voice to speak on these things that a lot of other people are not going to speak out on. Um, and then I didn't get, like, I, I wanted to try to figure out as much as I could. Like I, I talked about inclusivity in the project, like on cycle, I tried to make a conscious effort to explain like, um, basically to disavow you know, homophobia, transphobia through that lens of having a child and raising Ooh, a child. Talk about it. Yeah, that's why, that's why I say, not to cut you mm-hmm. off, that's why I say you definitely are an activist. Most straight men are not doing that. They're not talking about homophobia. They're not talking about transphobia. They're not talking about these things. And I'm glad that you are brave enough to do that because a lot of people are not doing that. Yeah, it, it's... Yeah, and I mean, it's unfortunate. And I feel, because I, I think about my friends and um, the idea that safe spaces, right? Like, um, black and brown men, uh, hetero black, cis hetero black and brown men, we have a lot of safe spaces, like bar- uh, barbershops and hip-hop mm-hmm. in general, you know? And it, and I remember hearing right. one of my, my friends talk about how, like, he can't enjoy the barbershop. Because he's, you know, as a gay black man going to a barbershop, he's worried that somebody's going to say some homophobic shit, say some other shit. It's, exactly. not, it's not the safe space that, and I think about that with hip hop as well. Like, I see so many people talk about how they love hip hop, but hip hop don't love them. And Exactly. There's so, I, I know so many people who are like gay and like they want to rap, but they're like, okay, I got to watch what I rap about though, because I don't want my peers to not even take me seriously because I'm a gay man. Yeah, and it sh- it shouldn't even be like that. Like that's that's ridiculous, you know. Yeah, and because that is very goes against what hip- the idea of what hip hop is about. You know, it's coming from that. You know, coming from that sense of expression and, and speaking out from marginalized people or having that base. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely tough. And I and I try to again, I try to do what I can. Um, you know, without trying to step over people, speak over people or anything like that, but try to just use my voice as much as I can and amplify others. You know, but uh Well, I definitely appreciate it. If no one else appreciates it, I do. And I've been like following you for a while. Um I think I had like followed you for cause I, I think you were wearing a shirt and like Afropunk mm. and like oh 2016 I think maybe 17 mm. and I was like where'd you get that shirt from and you had told me like immediately and I was just like oh this nigga cool so let me mm. let me see what he's about and I saw you rap and like I had got into it like that and then that's when like this all happened mm. yeah I mean it, it's I'm trying to remember what shirt that was it, I don't remember either but uh yeah uh yeah, no, nah, I mean, I, I'm trying to, that's one thing too that I at least take refuge in with everything is I feel, I don't knock on, let me find some wood to knock on because I feel like with a lot of other people, it's like people will pull up their tweets and, you know, they're like, this person was this type of way back in the day, this type of, right. for me, as far as I'm concerned, like I've always been very consistent. Now I'm not perfect. Like I feel like right. my like the spirit has always been consistent. I've learned mm-hmm. through like my friends and comrades and allies and people that certain, um, you know, to not step out of line with certain things, right? Like, you know, white people sometimes get a little too comfortable and say things. Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
there have been times where I've made certain statements that are like, yeah, you got to walk that back a little bit. But it's never like, you know, people are not going to pull my cards for, for being whatever type of phobic or any, because it's been consistently, I've been consistently this way. Um, and because I learned a long time ago from, from whatever, you know, to try to continue to develop this awareness and question why why we're taught certain things and why we're taught to be a certain right. way and all of that. You've always had a sense of self-awareness, basically. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot. I would say, though, I got to give it to um, Boys in the Hood is is probably the, 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 the thing that planted the seed in that, which is weird, but it did. Hey, it is what it is. If that's where you got it from, hey. Yeah, because I, I was trying to figure it out for years, and then I, I thought about it. I saw Boys in the Hood when I was really young, and I shouldn't have saw it because the shit felt like a horror movie because it yeah. was super violent, and I'm watching it as like six years old, five years old. But there was a scene where uh, Furious Styles takes them out the car, and they go to the other hood, and they're like, yo, what are you doing? Why, we can't be out here. And he's talking about gentrification, and he's like, the time to fear our people is is over like we can't and that i swear on everything that shit has been in my head since then and i always held that mentality i was like i'm not gonna i like that sense of love for my community or all members within the community i was like yo i'm not we 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 together in this shit i'm not gonna fear you and right um so i have a lot of self i have way more patience for black and brown folks than i do for white people Right, as you should, especially during these times, because that's that's what keeps me from like going in so hard. And I know you and I, we've had exchanges about the way I've been talking. Mm. The way I've talked is because, like, I, I feel like if you see me, you see I'm, I'm a black man, even though I'm, I'm a gay man. Mm. You should know I, I'm black first, mm. and I'm always going to stick up for my black people, especially my black women. You should always look at me and be like, okay, you know what? He's a part of the cause. He he is a part of what I'm doing as well or what I should be doing. So I, I don't feel like you should look at me as like I'm an enemy or mm-hmm. like I'm somebody like you don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 tough. Like, again, I can't even, again, I think part of what we were talking about is like, I can't, there are certain things that I could hear you talk about your experience but there's no way that I'm gonna really ever be able to un- like feel and understand exactly where you're coming from. Because even again, we talk about privilege and the, you know the sense of right. being like not only being being black in America, but being gay in America, and then having to like feel like you know when you are fighting for a group of people, you want to fight for a group, but all the, a lot of times this group of people is not fighting for you. Like a lot of people, exactly. and, that, and that that's tough. And I can I cannot imagine how frustrating you know, that can be. And it, I think that's one of the things that we kind of keep got to pushing that it's all the whole community. It's not just black men that are being, that, that are suffering through racism and state violence and mm-hmm. things. And also as a community, we got to ensure the safety of each other within the community because exactly. we can't. So, um, Yeah. Is is definitely black women and black trans women. Those those are the ones who need the most protection, because those are the ones who are dying and who aren't getting the help that they need, who are constantly saying that they need help. Yeah, the ones who are constantly helping everyone else who aren't getting the help. Yeah, it's 
it's crazy like to hear uh, when I see people they tell me like uh, or I see posts about the age expectancy life expectancy of black trans women or what and it's just like it's crazy to me how like about 35 or whatever it is and I'm just like this is not you know it's not right um and it doesn't and I I think in Puerto Rico as well like somebody uh, was somebody asked me about like they, they were sending me something about raising money and they would say it was the same type of thing it was like the age expect life expectancy average of, of Puerto Rican trans women in, in the island is like in the 30s and I'm like that's yeah. crazy um and that that scares me because I'm 30 right now dog and that that, yeah. that scares me and I'm not trans at all but but I, I still feel like this is part of my community yeah, and yeah. I can't sit up here and fight for black lives if I'm not fighting for black trans lives, you know, because I could have very easily been like, okay, I want to be trans. I, I want to be a woman. I, that could have very easily happened to me. Mm-hmm. I could have very easily been one of those people and I could very easily be dead and be one of those people who are the ones who say say his name, mm-hmm. say the name. And I, I don't want that to happen to someone like me or someone that I know or someone that I love. And have it to be like to where I have to die to where people around me understand what I'm going through. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 tough. Um because it's so much unpacking and getting people to I'm I'm definitely a proponent. That's why I'm a proponent of public shaming in the sense of like people who are ignorant and you know offensive and all these things because you kind of gotta let people know shit ain't cool. And because a lot of times yeah. I, I feel like there's a large portion of people that do shit based on other people's reactions, do shit exactly. based on what other people think. Just because other people are doing yeah. it. Yeah. Just because, oh, well, everyone else is saying this, so I can say it too. So what's the problem? Yeah. And being in the military, it's so hard. Mm. If anybody knows me, they know I'm, I'm very open. I'm, I'm open with who I am. And they come to me and they think they should just ask me any type of questions or say any type of thing to me. And they just really don't understand what it is that I go through every day being a gay man in mm-hmm. America, especially in in the military. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's, I think it's, it's just yeah, it's weird. Like I feel like people really, when it comes back to self awareness and and understanding, it's tough. Like I remember going to we had a party in a couple of years ago. I think it's 2017. I had this party, a video release party, and. Um, it was a very, it was a very diverse event. Like it was cool. And we had a lot of people and, um, there happened to be, there happened to be a few trans people at the party and Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, I felt, I felt good in the sense of, I felt like, okay, they, you know, everyone here feels like this is a safe space that they can actually come and just like, cause I hadn't even met some of these people and they still off the, off the strength of just fucking with my music or knowing me online. They showed up to the party, uh, like right. through the, through the links. And I felt like, wow, like I can't imagine, like I, again, thinking about the fact that a lot of, a lot of these places are not safe spaces. You don't know where you're going to go. Right. So it's going to be some bigot, some asshole going to say some stupid shit. And so at the party, I felt like I'm seeing certain, some of my like, friends who brought people they have in certain reactions and i'm like yo you got to kill that shit like that noise like that that's corny and i wasn't you know because people will do shit that they'll make a little joke and they'll expect you to 
to laugh with them and, and to whatever. Go along yeah. With it, right. But then when you don't and you're like, nah, that's just trash and they feel stupid about it, then it's like, yo, maybe they'll 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 cut it. And for the most part, I I, I had somebody who thank like somebody messaged me afterwards. They were like, wow, like this was a great event. I felt good there. Like I'm glad, you know, I felt and that was like the most meaningful thing to me was that I could have an event and people could feel safe and have a good time. And that's always been now, you know, moving forward. Um, I try to do that. So like I had a party in August, the same very, I would say, honestly, the party in August, the majority of people there were LGBTQ people at the party, probably because of the host that we had as well. But um, yeah, so it's, I just think people got to check people more, especially those of us like the, the straight men. Yeah. Saying, yeah. Yeah. We got to the straight men because Y'all don't realize, okay, straight men, especially straight black men, y'all are um, targeted more. But y'all are very respected. A lot of people listen to y'all. And I'm going to, like, read a tweet from Amaya Scott. You know who Amaya Scott is? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you do. Mm -hmm. She tweeted this, like, just two days ago. She said, I'm tired of constantly having to defend my ex- my existence. I've been ripped apart for the last 10 plus years online when all I try to do is mind my business and live my life. It's like I'm numb to it now, but I'm not going to lie. It does hurt. And that like that like broke my heart because like someone who's just trying to live their life, go every day, do do things that every American should be able to do can't do that mm-hmm. because of how America is set up, how society is set up. Yeah. And they're backed up by our president and everyone else because of how they're raised. It's not right. It's not right. No one should feel unsafe with going out of their house, mm-hmm. looking the way they look and feel scared. No one should, no one should feel like that. No one should feel like they're going to lose their life just from looking how they look and being who they are and feeling like they're going to lose their life just for being who they are. Yeah. It, it, it's, it definitely needs to change. And it's just like, it's irritating because again, as marginalized people, granted, we have, you know, the privilege ladder goes up and down, you know, but as someone who's marginalized, it should be clear. That's the most frustrating part, that it should be clear that you are like extending that type of marginalizations to others. You're making others feel the way that you feel when like, as again, as in terms of like with me, if I like with racism and feeling the unsafe, like feeling the, the lack of safety, feeling all these things and feeling judged and, and feeling like I got to. Mm-hmm. Like even in my own apartment building, I can't, I'm not welcome here. I'm not this, right. you know, it's like we do the, and then, you know, black trans women and, and they, it's like, they get that. And on top of that, have to deal with everybody else within the ladder of this, you know, marginalization, marginalizing them as well. And it's, it's incredibly frustrating. They, uh, Franz Fanon uh, has, he talked a lot about the idea of like basically in order to make us feel like we're less oppressed, we try to we we tend to um, ideologically line up with some of the oppressor's ideals to 
right. marginalize mm-hmm. others to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. Feel better, yeah. right. I feel like that's a large part of it, but then there's a lot of other things at bay. I mean, I think, again, the insecurity of of uh, heterosexual men and, their, and our sexuality and all of that, I think that mm-hmm. plays a large part in everything. Um, insecurity of, of, of cis, cis women, cis women as well. And, and yeah, a lot of things, you know, and I don't, I'm not really going to, again, step over that. And that's, I'll leave women for women to talk about that. But yeah, I feel like a lot of that is, and, and it's just annoying because again, like you said, people should be able to be who they are. And, and if my rule about shit, if you not, if you are not doing anything to offend anyone or hurt anyone or anything, then what the fuck does it like? Why are you so concerned with people's existence? Just exactly. and, yeah, it, it's it's bugged out, and I I hope that things are things are changing. It's but it's it, I think that's that's a hurdle that is gonna people have to fight. I would say though, not to like keep rambling, but I would say that there was a march in Brooklyn. Um, last like two weeks ago, it was a march for Black trans lives, and there was a lot of people at that march. Like that march was deep, and so I would that was something that made me feel a little bit um more optimistic. I didn't even know what was going on because I was working on a month. We we organized something else in Harlem, and it was like another march in Harlem. And then I got home and I saw that I was like, wow, that's that's amazing. So. Hopefully, you know, something changed. I mean, it's it's a lot of work that we have to do. Mm. But um, hopefully we do get there, like you said. But um, I definitely appreciate you for coming on the show. Definitely have been watching you for a while. I definitely appreciate you. You are an activist. <laughs> I definitely appreciate you for all the work that you have been doing. Being a straight male and um, speaking out on the issues in my community. I definitely appreciate you for that. If no one else is telling you, I'm telling you. Well, thank you. Um, you know, I'm getting it. just trying to do, do what we can and, and play my role in everything. And again, thank you for having me on. This was cool. And um, enjoy chopping it up with you. Okay. So are you going to give, give the people, um, um, let the people know where they can find your new record. It's, cool. definitely, it's a good record. Thank you. Definitely a good record, guys. Um, yeah, so New Vanguards is out right now. Um, through my site, I'm donating all sales of the album to um, various organizations doing the work, the grassroots organizing work. So, like, none of these are huge organizations. Um, they're like, uh, People Pueblo Power, which is on the rise right now, they're in, in the Bronx and they're doing organized work. Um, that they organize Black and Brown communities against police brutality, the rent being, re- you know, all those they, basically human rights of Black and Brown folks. Um, mm-hmm. Fierce NYC is a, a Black and Brown LGBTQ uh, organization that, again, their their work right now they've been focusing a lot on police brutality with. Uh, LGBTQ youth and everything and dealing, working with that. Um, there's tech activists, which they are examining the role that tech surveillance and security and all that plays in the movement versus like with activism, but also protecting activists. So I think they're important. They're doing important work. Um, 
and equality for Flatbush. They fight gentrification in Brooklyn, police brutality, a bunch of stuff. So, and uh, and as the album does better, I'm probably going to add a few more to that. But basically, all of the proceeds from the album are going to that, um, all the sales from the site. And that's at civiljustice.com, just us, U.S. And the project New Vanguards, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, all the streaming sites, Tidal, and Audio Mac, um, if you want to listen and everything there. And I got another project in the works soon, but in the meantime, we're going to push this new Vanguards. We're going to do that. And yeah, and then you can find me at civil underscore NY on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm definitely going to put all that in the description and all that. Y'all, this is a really good record. I definitely encourage everyone to listen to it. Really good record. Especially during the times we're in now. Lord, we need it. (laughs) (laughs) But I appreciate you, Silva, for coming on. Great, great interview, sir. Thank you, (laughs) J.Y. That's fine. Just why. All right, guys. I'm going to hit you up, though, Silva. We we definitely have to talk a little bit more. Um, All right, guys. We have a a couple of more surprises for you guys. We'll be right back. And so I'll hit you up in a minute, uh, bro. Uh, peace. All right. Today's podcast is presented by Podco. Podco is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you can always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podco. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. Let them know that Free Game, the podcast, sent you. That's Free Game for you, y'all. Yeah.